Good evening and welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast with your hosts, Tim and... Tom. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm okay. I, I could be better, but I could be worse. It's been one of those weekends regarding football. How are you, Tom? Yes, the same, actually. You know, I, I, you're probably talking about Arsenal. I'm thinking about West Ham, who played and lost today. But we're not going to talk about the Premier League today, are we, Tim? We're, we're focusing on another game where we were hoping for a better result than actually happened. What's happening today? Yes, uh, this is an Almeria-Valencia uh, episode. Uh, we're going to focus on the match that we both were lucky enough to go to yesterday. Um, so to all of our listeners, uh, I'm sure they'll know we're, we're Almeria locals and we're regulars at the stadium. Um, and yesterday was a nice opportunity to go to the match with you, Tom. Um, and uh, and hopes were high pre-match. Uh, Almeria were in a, well going into the match were in a desperate situation after only one point from five games. And so uh, we really needed the, all the points, but we definitely needed not to lose. Um, and Tom, let's let's jump straight in. Of course, all of our listeners will, well, all of the football lovers will know the match was two-two. Um, Almeria uh, equalised, um, and uh, and in fact, probably probably deserved a little bit more. But I wouldn't say it was an out that the victory was stolen from them. Um, Valencia can say they had their moments as well. Would you agree with that, Tom? That a draw was maybe a fair result, although maybe our Almeria would have would have wanted a little bit more. Yes, there's two ways to look at it. If you look at the statistics, then you would argue that Almeria deserved the victory. Uh, they had twice as many shots on target as Valencia, 10 versus 5. Uh, five shots off target versus nil for Valencia. Uh, they dominated all of those areas of, of attacking statistics where you would expect you would want them to be on top. Uh, but when you look at it from the other perspective, Almeria were the home team. Normally, the home team is expected to have more possession, to be creating more chances. So you can argue that Valencia were very clinical on the counterattack. And perhaps uh, they were, well, I, I won't say they were unlucky to not get three points, but the way the match went, they were winning 1-0 for most of the game and then they were winning 2-1. So uh, they were, you know, you could argue that Valencia equally did very, very well as the away team. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a tough one to say what someone was robbed. So I think I agree with you. Um, let's not forget this Valencia are, are a side that came into the match on good form. They they won 3-0 at home against Atletico Madrid in their previous match. Um, so before we jump into the details of the match, Tom, let's have a look at the starting lineups. Um, I was a bit surprised not to see Ramazani starting. Uh, the last home game against Celta Vigo that, that I was at, uh, he was quite clearly the most dangerous player going forward. Um, and I thought there was a little juggle uh, that could accommodate him into the into the starting lineup. And when I say juggle is to throw uh, three things in your hands with only two hands, as you would see in a circus or a street performer. Um, so I, I, I was surprised to see uh, to see um, Malero starting. I personally would have played in Barber on the left, uh, allowing him to cut in onto his right foot with Akiemi overlapping outside him and would have played Ramazani on the right. Um, but he did what he did. Um, 
Saying that, I was happy to see Loppi uh, and Cesar Montes starting. The last home game I'd been to, Loppi was on the bench with Baba starting and uh, Baba gave the, way, gave the ball away carelessly quite a few times and Cesar Montes was yet to be signed and you could see that it really needed that centre-back uh, signing. So there were there were probably two good things from regarding the lineup and one thing I would have changed. But uh, what about you, Tom? Is there any big things you'd like to take away from the, from the starting lineup? Well, Tim, I was very curious coming into this because unlike you who'd been at the previous home games, this was my first home game of the season. So obviously, Almeria have started poorly. I really wanted to know, were they missing their centre-back partnership from last year? Of course, Babic and Eli. Uh, were they missing Samu Costa in midfield? Uh, I was wondering if the new players who'd come in were able to compensate for the players that they'd lost. Uh, my question to that was soon answered, actually. Yes, they were. You mentioned Dion Loppi. Uh, he looked like uh, one of the stars of the team. He looks like, uh, for, the, for those El Maria fans who can remember when Thomas Partey was at the club uh, on loan from Atletico about uh, eight or nine years ago now, he's got that star quality about him. He's quick. He's able to make a challenge. He's able to win the ball when you wouldn't expect him to win the ball and his distribution is excellent as well so uh no problem as a replacement for samu costa uh edgar gonzalez and cesar montes i thought did a pretty good job as well they didn't make any mistakes so uh i wondered if the goalkeeper could be a problem because we've got luis maximiano instead of fernando who was very popular with the fans last year but Luis Maxima Maximiano was pretty solid. There were one or two moments where he, uh, the ball rebounded off him. Uh, he didn't smother it and gather the ball uh, instantly from the shots, but uh, you, I could forgive him for that. So I can't say there was anything wrong with this starting lineup. It did not look inferior to the Almeria teams of last season. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think I think uh, you're, we're probably may, more or less agreed with the lineup from uh, from the manager Moreno. Um, so the first half got underway. It was a generally pretty solid start from Almeria. The first 10-15 minutes, Almeria moved the ball quite comfortably, although they didn't really uh, present any goal threat. Um, it was quite slow. It was quite um, laboured passing, but they they were they were settling into the game, and you were thinking that things could go better. Uh, you were thinking Almeria were going to grow into the side, into the game and maybe be the more dangerous side. However, um, after not very long, um, the first goal went to Valencia. And it was, I, I think it was a poor goal from an Almeria point of view because, I mean, Trumi is, is a centre-back. He's playing out of position at right-back. And he was, firstly, he was out of position. Um, he was he was caught far too far forward. He didn't follow his man for the pass. Um, and you could really see that he was a centre-back with an acceleration from the Valencia player. He really stormed away from him. Um, for Lopez uh, Nogur, Negerel. I'm going to struggle to pronounce this word. We're going to call him Lopez, Tom. Um, so, yes, he really got away from Chumi well and really accelerated towards the goal. But even then, I thought Cesar Montes could have stepped across, could have maybe covered Chumi, maybe a, a, a more established, experienced player in the Almeria defence would have known Chumi's weaknesses and be able to, to, to cover for him better. And also, Chumi, 
could have just stepped across the run from, from the Valencia player and taken the yellow card. But neither of them did it. And it was a good finish from the Valencia player and um, and, and started to look worrying. Tom, what did you think about the, um, the first goal? I also must say, I did think um, Maximiliano could possibly, he was covering a bit too much of his front post. I think he left a bit too much of the goal open to him. I don't think he really got his angles 100% right. What did you think of this goal, Tom? Uh, I can forgive Maxim, the, the Almeria goalkeeper. Uh, if you're a spectacular, great goalkeeper, you might be able to get your angles, get a block on that shot. Uh, it was a classic case for me of the one weakness in the Almeria team, the one player who's playing out of position, a centre-back playing in the full-back area, uh, as you mentioned, uh, caught in the wrong position, uh, slow to realise the danger, and also just outpaced. He uh, Chumi runs like a centre-back. Uh, he's certainly not got the speed of Potho, who, who we've seen in that position last year. So it was disappointing, but it wasn't uh, surprising because at this level, uh, you can imagine that the, the Valencia manager has looked at the Almeria team sheet and he said, this is the area to exploit. You know, this is where there could be an opportunity for you. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was Maximiliano's fault. I just was saying that I've seen that kind of shot saved occasionally. It might have been a wonder save, but it certainly wasn't his fault. It was more Trumi's fault. Anyway, then I think all of the atmosphere, and you'll have noticed it, Tom, disappeared from the stadium. Uh, everyone was feeling pretty depressed. Uh, Valencia started to get their foot on the ball and move the ball around a bit, I'd say, from when they scored their goal until maybe the, the 35th minute or something like that. Um, and as I say... In, the morale was low, definitely morale was low. People were complaining. You heard people muttering about the, the manager potentially losing his, his job. And in the first half, I thought that was a bit uh, bit too soon. But then Almeria did kind of have a little bit of hope towards the end of the half. They created three or four good chances, really. Um, there was a header from Arribas. Uh, from a good in Barber cross, he headed it down well, um, and his timing to get on the end of the header was brilliant. Uh, unfortunately, the header was straight at the goalkeeper, um, but it was one of those that if it had gone either side of the goalkeeper, it would have been a goal. Um, and then Suarez had another header. Um, this one was more difficult. It was from an Akiemi cross, and he was kind of moving slightly away from goal to get back to the header and wrap his head around the ball. I'm not even sure if it might have clipped a bit of shoulder after it hit his head. Uh, it was on target, but it was a save you would expect the goalkeeper to make. And then the big header, the one that I thought and that you thought had gone in, I mean, I was off my seat, Tom, if you remember rightly, uh, was the Malero header at the back post. He arrived perfectly. It was great timing of the run. It was a power header, but it was just the wrong side of the post. And the keeper was totally planted. And when I say planted, I mean, he, it was like his feet had roots in the ground. He definitely wasn't going to be able to move to get there. So, Tom, about those three headers, which do you agree with me that the Malero one was the best opportunity? Uh, what are your opinions on those? Yes, I also saw, thought the Arribas one was a great chance if he just needed to position it either side of the goalkeeper. But the Malero one, the goalkeeper was left stranded. When we say left stranded, uh, he was already beaten. There was no, no, not even time for the goalkeeper to d dive for the Malero, Malero head. Uh, it those moments 
that happened in quick succession at the end of the first half, also followed by a, a further chance for Luis Suarez that he he created for himself, winning the ball out on the wing, cutting inside, but then shooting it and just clipping the post. He, he shot for the near post, whereas he should really, as you saw, both Almeria goals were scored from players shooting towards the far post. All of those four chances that happened summed up this team who is creating lots of chances but not putting them in the goal. Uh, when a team is in form, those chances go in. When a team is not got its shooting boots on, when it's not quite clicking and in form, those ones just miss. And that's what we saw in at the end of the first half. Yeah, I agree. And um, that's Suarez one. If you're going to go near post, you've kind of got to score. Otherwise, uh, people like me and you will be asking questions. And here we are, Tom, on the podcast, uh, asking questions. So let's move towards the second half. Um, I do, do think those chances did give people a bit of hope, though. And I think the atmosphere improved slightly uh, uh, towards the end of the first half and going into the second half. And I think um, the players reflected that increased atmosphere. It wasn't just the fans. And uh, we got the goal quite early on in the second half. Um, Arribas, uh, he's coming from Real Madrid and he's making a big difference. I think it's his uh, third or fourth goal for the club now. Um, and it was the 59th minute. It was um, it was a good good run into the box from Malero. He managed to get the shot away on his left foot. Uh, the keeper only, could only block it out towards the far side. I do think the keeper should have done better, but that's not Arribas's fault. He was there. He was. It was a poacher's goal. Uh, a poacher is someone who's there to take the opportunity when it's there. A poacher is actually an illegal hunter. Um, and that's where he was. Uh, Arribas was there, easy finish, and it turned the atmosphere in the stadium. And the really, the stadium started believing. It reminded me a little bit of last season uh, when Almeria were playing some of their best stuff at home. There was a feeling around the stadium that Almeria could could summon magic when it was necessary. And that was the feeling that was being generated. Um, what did you think of the goal, Tom, before we move on to the controversial 62nd minute? Yes, I thought the goal was great. It was coming in the second half. Arribas uh, was, was there at the far post to, to poach, as you said, to, to steal the goal. Uh, Malero did do great work down the left and made sure, unlike uh, Luis Suarez in the first half, Malero aimed his shot for the far post, which meant that it could deflect back into the path of an Almeria player. Uh, that's when the backs were up of the Almeria, the whole stadium, in fact. The momentum was with us. Uh, and then, yes, we had that controversial moment, really. Do you want to do you want to tell us what happened in the 62nd minute? Well, yes. I mean, you've you've touched upon the quality that uh, Kone uh, is able to um, sorry, that Loppy was able to bring off uh, bring to the to the team. Um I'd like to add to what you said. Obviously, he, he's got strength, he's got passing, but one of the things he's really got is time. Um, and when you're a centre midfielder and you manage to find time where other players look look rushed, uh, then I think that's a real quality that not many players have, and it's very hard to teach. You either have it or you don't have it. Uh, how he uses his body to hold off defenders and make a bit of space. 
how he seems to always have an out ball. Uh, so maybe he'll be he'll he'll be scanning the situation, looking for an attacking pass, looking for a good pass. But if suddenly he's pressurized without thinking, he already knows where there's a safe pass. And I think that's a real sign of a quality player. If you think of other players who, who you can think of with that quality, you're thinking Busquets, you're thinking uh, uh, Rodri, Thomas Party, as you mentioned before. Um, and I think it's the role in, in a team that that is really necessary, regardless of the formation you're playing, regardless of the tactic you're playing. You need somebody at the heart of midfield, just keeping things ticking over. To keep something ticking over is like to keep the motor running. Um, and we were all surprised when Loppy was taken off in the 62nd minute. He was taken off for Kone, which in theory was an attacking uh, change. Kone is a big striker, a target man. But I don't think Loppy was the right man. Personally, I would have taken off Malero. I think he'd done some good work. But, um, you know, you have to take off somebody. Arribas had got the goal. Um, so I, I would have gone for Malero. Uh, Tom, did you think that it was a strange decision to take off Loppy? I know all of the people around us thought it was a strange decision. I did. There were two players that stood out for me in that Almeria team, Akiemi and Loppy, uh, were the two players where I thought... Uh, these two players can play at a higher level. And if the goal is going to come, I felt it was going to come through Akiemi on the left side. So I could see that the coach felt very lifted clearly by the Almeria goal. And he thought, right, let's go for it now. So he decided to change the formation. He's putting Kone on, who's clearly a front man, a proper number nine. Uh, but... Of that midfield three, where you've got Robert Tony, you've got Malero, and you've got Loppi, who's the player who's going to protect your back four the best? Well, it's Loppy, obviously Loppi, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's younger, he's quicker, he's perhaps better to, to provide that deeper-lying uh, defensive midfield. So uh, by taking him off immediately... Almeria exposed themselves. Uh, it happened just as Almeria pushed forward in attack. Robertoni and Malera went forward to join the attack. They lost the ball. And then Valencia came down the other end and were able to run it through the midfield all the way towards the edge of the box and then just slip a little ball in for the Valencia striker. Yeah, no, it was it was awful. I mean, the, the Valencia player just kind of coasted through the midfield and to coast through something is to move casually without any particular rush or difficulty. He must have carried the ball at least 20, 30 metres the whole time with, with enough... No, with no pressure on him, with time to get his head up and, as you say, pick the right pass. And this was, as you say, the very first attack. It was the same minute, actually, on my app that the substitution and the goal were scored. Um, but saying that, after, after all that space was exposed in the middle, I do still think there was a bit more that could have been done with the goal. Um, the Valencia player... Uh, manages to get in behind the the Almeria defence. Uh, I think Robertone, who was who was covering the run, took his eye off him for a second. Um, and uh, and the Valencia player Salim Amalia uh, was able was able to get behind Amala. Sorry, it's a it's not a Spanish name. Um, and he was able to get behind him. It was a good finish. Nothing the goalkeeper could have done. Um, but you could see after the goal. Um, you saw Malero and Robert Tony essentially trying to fill into the areas that Loppy had had left um, because they could see that they needed somebody in that position. And if you're going to have to play somebody in that position, you may as well play a natural player in that position. Instead of having a Malero coming deep and filling that role, take Malero off, keep Loppy on and continue as you're going. Um, however, uh, Al Almeria weren't... Um, 
weren't behind for too long. Uh, in the 68th minute, uh, our friend Chumi had his positive moment in the game. He was free on the right-hand side. He put in um, a, a good cross. It was it was one of the few times he'd contributed going forward. I think he'd made a couple of overlapping runs, but nothing more. Um, and uh, the other man who you mentioned who who had a good game and who does look class, uh, Akiemi, had, had, a, had a first-time shot. I think he could have hit it better, but he hit it well enough to make it difficult for the goalkeeper. And once again, the rebound went to Arribas, who's, again, his positioning can't be faulted. It was another fox-in-the-box poacher's goal. Um, but, Tom, you have to be there. Uh, there's no such thing as an easy goal. Um, I think that those kind of goals, the hard work is done before before you get to the ball in terms of anticipation, movement, timing, seeing, seeing how the, the play is going to develop. Um, so, Tommy, what did you think of the second Almeria goal? Yes, I, I thought you described it very well. Uh, Akiyemi, you, you are right that it wasn't a perfect content, but the fact is, is that the cross came over first time and he was able to hit it with his first touch and also keep the ball down and aim it across the goalkeeper. So he did enough with his shot to, to test the goalkeeper, which then produced the uh, the reward for Arribas running in at the far post again. So that was, again, that was the 69th minute. The stadium was lifted and we thought we've still got time here. We've still got 20 odd minutes plus stoppage time. Maybe something more could come of it. Uh, we then did have a, some, Attacking substitutions, uh, uh, as your the man you mentioned, uh, well, Ramazani had come on already at that point, but Vinicius came on uh, on the 75th minute, a few minutes after. Uh, they did bring on in a defensive uh, midfielder as well. Baba came on for Robertoni, uh, and Baptistao came on in the 85th minute. But with all of their work, I don't know if it was because of the substitutions, uh, Almeria changed tactics a little bit. Now they had players who were running hard. Uh, I, I have to say that Kone had a very good chance, although he was just offside, I believe so, but he, he missed it anyway. Ramazani looked very good on the ball, running with the ball. Uh, but at the same time, there was a little bit of a loss of composure with these attacking substitutions. Almeria went from a team who had been working the ball through triangles to create some space for the wingers to put crosses in. Now they were a team who were playing more directly up front, hitting longer, more hopeful balls and hoping that the ball would drop, that it would bounce kindly for one of their players. Uh, to my mind, it, it, it got a little bit scrappy. Scrappy is an expression we use to say it wasn't. Almeria weren't in control. They weren't able to maintain possession of the ball as they had done so well. So the last 20 minutes for me, it fizzled out. To fizzle out means it, uh, it didn't have the same fire and momentum and enthusiasm because tactically the team were not quite settled and, and with a clear game plan. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it was uh, the word I would describe as disjointed. Uh, the different parts weren't connected together uh, towards the end of the game. 
And there were, as you say, there were half chances towards the end of the game, but there wasn't that much. Uh, in fact, the, the late chance that I can think of really was the Valencia shot in the 88th minute uh, that Maximiliano, uh, he made a bit of a meal of it. And to make a meal of something means to, uh, to he, he nearly, well, he made it, he nearly made a big error. He made what could have been a comfortable save into what looked like quite a difficult save. To give him his credit, the ball did bounce in front of him, but I think it bounced maybe two or three metres in front of him. I think he had time to judge the, the flight of the ball or the trajectory of the ball. Um, and um, But apart from that, the last thing that really happened was the eight minutes of added time the, that went that was added on by the, by the officials. And um, Valencia just spent most of it on the floor. Uh, I was really surprised. I thought it was, um, I, I thought Valencia, you know, being a club with a massive reputation and coming into the match on off the back of a 3-0 victory against Atletico Madrid might have been a little bit more ambitious and might have tried to steal the points. However, they didn't. So they were happy with the draw and they got the draw. Um, so, Tom, I, I've got a solution to this. I, I, I stayed up very late thinking about how to solve the problem of time-wasting in football. And I think this is the solution. Um you know, in basketball, how uh, they play just the normal clock and then in the last quarter or the end of the last quarter, um, they play a, a stop clock. Well, I think this could work with football. I think they should do exactly what they're doing, um, add extra time like they do at the moment. But the second extra time, when the ball's when, when, the, when the play goes into extra time, I think the ball, the, the clock should be stopped every time the ball's not in play. And I mean every time. So throw-ins, corners, free kicks. Um, because I, I think looking back to the match yesterday, of the eight minutes added on, I don't think we got more than four minutes action. And bear in mind that most of the time that is wasted in a football match is wasted in the final 15 minutes of the, of the normal 90. So if they've managed to generate eight minutes of extra time from the last 15 minutes, more or less, that means that that in those eight minutes added on, there's also a huge potential to waste most of that time uh, proportionally. So I, I, I think, Tom, that this is the solution because you've heard players like Robert Lewandowski um, criticising La Liga for, for the games not being a spectacle because they just descend into a time-wasting. I was listening to the interview, the post-match interview with uh, Moreno after last night's game, and he was asked about time-wasting. And it, I don't really see in other leagues this being such a, a key issue. So I think La Liga could potentially take a stand um, and, and integrate some new policy to try and stop it. Uh, Tom, were you as frustrated as I was uh, with this with this time wasting? Did it keep you up all night as well? <laughs> Not so much with me. I, I I do agree that there was time wasting. Uh, however, you know, I, I, if I put myself into Valencia's shoes, knowing they would be happier with the uh, one point away from home, knowing that uh, Almeria had had many more shots over the course of the game then uh, you know time wasting some would say it's uh, professionalism uh, I agree that perhaps we do need a boundary when it gets ridiculous but uh, uh, but and I'm open to ideas like the ones you've you've suggested how we can implement it but uh, yes I wasn't quite so frustrated by the, the time wasting I see it as part and parcel of the game unfortunately 
Fair enough, Tom. You're a better man than I am, that's for sure. Um, so, Tom, that was it. 2-2. Two, two. Uh, two points on the board after six games in La Liga. Um, lots of pressure on the manager, um, both in the stadium and in WhatsApp group conversations after. I've seen sack the manager requests uh, and demands even. Um I personally think it's a little bit too soon. I agree it's been a, a not a great start to the season. I disagree with some of the substitutions last night. But I just think that some of the statistics uh, lead me to think that Almeria have been unlucky. Um, I think Almeria have had some of the most shots on target uh, in, in the league this season. Um, I think uh, our XG, means our predicted goals from the chances we've had, is actually, I think, uh, I think it's like the fifth best in the league. And the difference between XG and actual goals is is 2.5 goals and is actually the biggest difference of all of all teams in the league. Um, and also up the other end, um, they've conceded 11 goals and the XG against us is only 8.55. So I think I, I think the statistics show that maybe if you'd played those same six games again different results would have come out of them. And while that's the case, I, I think we've got to back the manager, especially considering, you know, they got rid of uh, Ruby last season because they wanted a more uh, open style of game uh, play. They wanted to be passing more. And in theory, you know, Almeria have created opportunities. Uh, and when you when you're asking a team to change style, then I think you've got to be patient because things don't change overnight. If they if it was that easy to change things, then then every team would be changing their style from one week to the next. So, Tom, do you agree with me? Do you think Moreno is um, is still safe, or do you think uh, he will soon be uh, in the Moreno? <laughs> uh, I think the you mentioned statistics. I think the Almeria management team will be looking at the statistics for the club and seeing that, yes, Almeria are second in the league for the number of shots they have per game. Uh, they're third in the league for shots on target, fourth in the league for shots off target. So in that respect, the manager has delivered attacking football. Uh, unfortunately, they are out of form as a team. And, you know, strikers, as we mentioned, Luis Suarez, they're just not quite on their game. The ball is not going into the net at the moment. Uh, at the other end, of course, you know, you look at what's going badly. They are... 18th in the league for the number of goals conceded. They've conceded 13 so far, over two per game. So there is still some work to do with defence, but you, there is an argument to be made that they are unlucky. They've got two very good right-backs uh, in Potho and in Pubil. I've not seen Pubil, but I've heard very good things about him. Yeah, I, I like him. Both of them are injured at the moment. They're playing a centre-back out of position. So until they can solve that problem or have their right backs come back to play that could be uh, a, a, a tricky situation for them to overcome uh, as I said at the beginning in this league if you have one weak link in your team then it will be exploited uh, if they can tidy up the goals conceded start lowering that uh, then I, I would be tempted to give the manager a bit more time but one thing that's got to come if they're not winning at home they've got to start producing away from home. Last season, it was the opposite. They had great home form. They were able to ride their luck a little bit. They had a terrible away record. They can't do that this season. They've had a full season now of traveling to these stadiums. They've got that experience. They need to start converting these away uh, trips into 
point points that they're bringing back and, and getting them up the league. Yeah, the good news is is, is that these right backs shouldn't be out for long. Uh, Pubil and uh, and Potho had both been in training this week until until the match. Uh, so hopefully Chumi uh, his place won't be uh, he won't be keeping his place for too much longer. Having said that, it's not as if they are the only two options. We do also have Mendes, who had a few games at right back last season. Um, <laughs> he wasn't the best, but uh, he, he he could have been worse. And I think he's well, he's a natural right back. So you'd think his positioning, his sense of knowing where to keep his defender in certain when the ball's in certain areas would be better than someone who's used to playing a uh, uh, used to playing centre back like Chummy. Um, and just finally, Tom, I, I just think there's a bit of there's a bit more work that can be done in terms of finding the best selection of attacking players. Um, I mean, yesterday we saw players come on like uh, Kone. We saw players come on like Ramazani. Um, do you think uh, that these that these that, that we've got the best selection of attacking players as starting? I mean, for example, I personally would would change things. As I said at the beginning, I would I would drop Malero. I would play Mbaba on the left and uh, Ramazani on the right. Is that something that you would consider, or do you think we should uh, give the starting lineup a bit more time? Uh, what do you think? I'd agree that Mbaba should be on the left wing. I think that's where he's been most dangerous for Almeria. I also think that uh, if Luis Suarez is having one of these uh, times in his career where the ball's not going in, then uh, I'd be ready to drop him and, and try someone else in that position, either start Kone or bring Baptiste Uh Not that they would be my natural first choice, but Kone could be uh, once he's got into the rhythm and of understanding how the team plays. But, you know, if Suarez is not delivering at this moment, then you know, still no goals, no assists after six games. I would change our number nine as well. Yeah, I do think with Kone, though, I mean, I like him. Um, from the little I saw against Celta Vigo, he did look a threat. But I think when you play with a player like Kone, you have to change your style of play. You need long balls, you need direct play, and you need players in and around him running off him. Uh, quite different style to the Suarez, kind of more mobile, uh, chase every ball down uh, style. But, I mean, that's got to, they've got to be things that they're, uh, they're practicing in training. Um Tom, it's a big week coming up for Almeria. This we're, we're away to Seville this week, um, and you know the longer they go without a win, the more pressure will will be on the manager. Uh, do you think we can turn it around and get three points on the board this week? This week, I think it's on Tuesday away at Seville. Always a tough ask with Seville. You know, I, the last time I watched Seville play, they they beat Roma very handsomely in the in the cup final for the Europa I League. So. I don't think Jose Mourinho would agree with you. He's still <laughs> saying that he that he's still saying that Roma didn't lose and blaming the referee. And then the week after that we got a home match, a massive derby against Granada, the local rivals. So that's massive. I mean I, I really don't think Almeria can afford to go two more games without a victory. If we don't beat Seville, imagine a draw against Seville is kind of acceptable, as you say. They're a big club. Um, but then, then, the, then the win against Granada would become absolutely vital. Do you agree? Absolutely. they got to win that Granada game. That, that for me, will be the uh, last chance saloon for the manager. If they don't get a result against Seville, then quite possibly that the manager will be gone if they don't beat Granada. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that's 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 it, Tom. You're right. Um, I think that's all we've got time for. A little uh, last comment before we go. Yesterday was my first experience of the fan zone. Uh, they've they've created this area with drinks and uh, and food next to the stadium, uh, which is brilliant to be honest. Because before there was just one bar and one kind of uh, gambling bar and uh, the one bar was almost really 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 full uh, impossible to get to the bar and also the gambling bar was just a very depressing place uh, and now they've got the kind of party atmosphere they've got games for kids they've got music okay it's reggaeton but they've got music uh, the beers are, the cold beers are flowing yeah they're, they're a little bit expensive but you know I think a, a really nice uh, gesture from the club to give something back to the fans something they can enjoy because for all of our people who are not from the city of Almeria, the stadium isn't in the city centre, so it's not it's not the ideal area for pre-match drinks. And uh, pre-match drinks are important, Tom, both for the both for the fans and for the atmosphere in the in the stadium after. So I take my hat off to to the Almeria people um, who who've put this fan zone on. I think everyone who was there yesterday much appreciated it. And Tom, hopefully next time we'll get you down there as well. <laughs> I look forward to it. See you next time, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye.